na, 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 na. Ladies and germs, you're listening to the Unitahara podcast, and uh, we're going to get all hillbilly up tonight because we're doing Mr. Robert Cummings, yes. also known as Rob Zombie. Why, why would he not use the name Rob Cummings? Is that his, <laughs> it's his name, right? Robert Cummings? It is, but come on. I know why I didn't use it. You know what's even weirder? What? His brother is the singer of uh, Power Man 5000. Oh, damn. I did not know that. I'm not surprised because like he never talks about his brother. They never like, I've yeah. seen him do a show together where like Rob showed up at a Power Man gig and sang a song with him, but like I've never seen him tour together or anything. It's really weird. I've never seen I'm sure they're well, maybe they're not close. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that would make you think that maybe they're not. I don't know. You know his middle name is Bartley Bartley. Robert yes, Bartley I have a Cummings. <laughs> Jesus, dude, he's fifty six years old. I mean, that's really not old, but no, he plays his cards right. He's got another thirty, thirty five years. You know, I mean, that's plenty of more hillbilly movies to piss people off. So yeah, sure, I mean, he, sure. you go ahead. I was just gonna say, I'm sure tonight's topic will. There will be some that aren't fans. Oh, I think we're going to be nothing but love tonight, man. Nothing but love. I got this shirt in 2010. Still barely fits. It's got holes everywhere, so I'm wearing a shirt underneath it so you can't see my skin through the holes. But I uh, got to do it for him. I don't wear the see, shirt anymore. It really pisses me off that Fright Rags or Gutter Garbs and none of them do the Rob Zombie era, Halloweens. Yeah. It, I mean, I want them so bad. I mean, that so first bad. poster is badass. Regardless of how somebody feels about the movie, the mask, like with all the photos in it, I think that's so cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, dude, you could do some really cool. A matter of fact, I think there was a limited Fright Rags T-shirt one time for Rob's first Halloween, and I tried to buy it, and of course, it was gone. But dude, nobody's doing shirts of it, and you can say, "Oh, uh, nobody's gonna buy that." BS. Oh yeah, BS. They'll sell like that. Zombie, I know they will. I mean, you know, a lot of people listening, you guys know Rob Zombie has a very large fan base, whether it be for his music or his movies. Okay. People will buy it. Oh, yeah. It's just, but, uh, yeah. So that's, the, if you haven't figured it out yet, that's the topic of the night. We're doing the movies of Rob Zombie, the films of Rob Zombie. We're going to go through his career. I, we don't even, we're, we're such fans. Like, I really don't even need to Wikipedia the list of movies he's nope. done. We're not going to do El Super Beast, though. I do oh. like that little cartoon. We can if you want no, to. No, I don't know. It's you okay. Know. I've only seen it once. I don't remember much yeah. of it. Nobody watching this has probably seen it. Um, yeah. But look, I'm so freaking pumped. We're going to get right into it. Uh, obviously, Nick, we both, I guess the, we can get a little bit of pleasantries out the way because I, yeah. I want it to feel real, right? I always want the podcast to feel real and not seem like this thing. We both went to Spirit Halloween today, and I don't know. I could be a hunch, but I think you bought something Halloween 6 related. <laughs> so Christian actually told me about this hat, guys, because uh, he saw some uh, – he saw somebody or a post about it or something like a week or two ago, and he reached out to me. He said, dude, there's a Halloween six hat with an orange bill at Spirit, and I'm going to uh -huh. track that sucker down. And I was like, all right, you know, you do it. You let me know. He sends me a text today of a picture of him wearing the hat. He's like, I found it. I went to three different spirits, but I found it. And I'm like, dude, I'm going tonight. As soon as I leave work, go to my spirit. It's there. So, and then uh, you guys have heard me lament 
about Christian's fleece blanket that he has and how I've wanted it. It, it was the last one at Spirit. I grabbed this and that. So. Yeah. I got mine on the back of the couch, but dude, they had a, the newer, I say newer, it's that other kind of Halloween six blanket with him with the knife that I bought. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got it on the couch in the living room. Dude, I just love the Halloween six merch. I eat it up. I just mm. eat it all up. Yeah. No, it looks cool, man. I love the blue tint, the orange. I mean, the oranges on this are just, Oh, I love it. The orange, it's a oh. great hat. I'm actually going to yeah. wear it. Like I really just like it. Oh man. Love it. Yeah, got a love haircut flat too, pills. guys. So, you know, looking fresh. I yeah, need to get a haircut, I'm dude. I'm married in a week, so yeah. You know. I'm just turning into Rob Zombie. I'm not shaving anymore. My hair is getting long, but my yeah. band's always tell me to let my hair grow. So I think for once, I'm actually just going to let it grow. I don't. I don't know. Let's see how long it goes, man. Yeah, but anyway, we're going to talk about uh, Robert. <laughs> What's his name again? Robert Bartley Cummings. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, if I ever meet him one day, I'm going to say, what's up, Robert Bartley Cummings? He'll probably be pissed off. <laughs> oh, pro- yes. Because um, Sean Clark told me that Rob is, he's like, look, like I've I've interviewed Rob many times, and he's always been like cool with the interview, but he's he's a lot like John Carpenter in the sense of like, he doesn't really want to talk about his movies that much. He doesn't really like the idea of an interview, so he's kind of. I don't know. He's kind of standoffish. So but if he I, walked up and said, "What up, Robert Bartley Cummings?" He'd probably like, get get on my face. I can respect that, though, dude. Like, I can respect the person that doesn't just want to talk about their stuff all day long. Because God knows he probably has to. I mean, John has done it for years. Jesus Christ, the most fun interview I've ever seen John do gets on YouTube. This woman is only asking John Carpenter questions about Kurt Russell. It's from like the late nineties. And he's all, he's so energetic in the interview. He's so happy. It's a great interview because all he does is talk about Kurt and he's having a black because he loves Kurt. Yeah. But don't ask him about Halloween. Yeah. I don't blame him either. I mean, I don't watch my own YouTube videos most of the time. You know, I just, it's, you put something out there in the world, people like it or they don't. And you move and on you move to the on. next thing. Yeah. Yep. Well, speaking about uh, moving on to the next thing, well, let's actually get started. We're going to get right into the Rob Zombie uh, catalog. Um, I, I, for me, I'll just I'll start it this time, dude. Obviously, when Hellbilly Deluxe came out, that was a life-changing album at the time. I mean, that was one of the first CDs I ever remember my mom buying me and Trey. I don't like Rob Rob Zombie, dude. I mean, that album is still everything to me. Hellbilly Deluxe is one of my favorite records. Period. And, um, I don't know, man. I mean, he, he had songs on wrestling at the time too. I think a guy named Edge had his theme song for one of the albums after that, the Sinister Urge. But instantly when Robert, Rob Zombie came into my life, he was always, uh, like in the frontal lobe of my brain the whole time because everything he's done has been so close to what I love about hard, like hard rock and movies. But, uh, I'm sure you were the same. Was it the albums and the music? Uh, I mean, I hadn't really listened to White Zombie much until later after I got into him. But I mean, Hellbilly yeah. Deluxe was my introduction to Rob. Was that you as well, or? Yes, and I also had. I think it was in '05 when I was 11. I had his solo record, Educated Horses, which I think is actually pretty slept on. I think that's a really good record. But oh, I um, love that record. Yeah, Educated Horses rocks. Um, Foxy, 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 Foxy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. American Witch, like it, it's a great record. And uh, so then after that, it was uh, Past, Present, and Future that I got next, and that came with all the cards. The greatest um, hits record yeah, for him yeah. had all the White Zombie stuff on yeah, there, and there was like there was like twenty pictures in there. They were like 
almost like cardboard material and I pinned all those suckers up on my bedroom wall every single one that came in the the CD and uh, I mean I, I loved his music I mean I so my first introduction to him was seeing Devil's Rejects on DVD when my mom was dating this this biker guy named Greg he was a real salt of the earth badass and so of course he's got Devil's Rejects and uh, I knew him as a musician and everything. It's like, oh, this is Rob Zombie's movie. I was like, oh, cool. And I watched it. My mom was pissed that we watched it. She was so mad. Yeah. Because um, she had seen it. So she knew what was in it. And I was like 12. Um, and then I kind of worked backwards. I watched House of Thousand Corpses. And then it Halloween hadn't come out yet. So I was immediately like, love this dude as a director too. Can't wait. And then I, you know, since then it's been every movie he's pumped out. I've, I've paid the ticket to go see it in theaters. Yeah. Well, dude, let's just get right into it. You know, we can, I can, I can summarize a little bit about House of Thousand Corpses quickly because I really want to talk about how much I love this film. Rob starts making this film from from for Universal. The film is done. Universal sees it and they're like, "Holy shit, we cannot put this out." So then, I think MGM purchased it next, and I, I learned this on the Joe Rogan podcast, which is a great interview with Rob. Yep. Rob said something to the effect of. MGM picked it up and they were going to put the movie out for him. And when they were editing the film, like a reporter or something came up to Rob and asked him, Hey Rob, so why are we over at MGM now? And Rob said, well, Universal said we morally can't put this film out. So I guess MGM has no morals. And he said it just to that effect as a joke. Well, there was a big headline the next day and I forgot which, which reporter this was or what company this was for, but the headline was something to the effect of Rob says MGM has no morals. <laughs> so then MGM said, screw this, dude, we're not putting the movie out. He eventually buys the movie himself from MGM after that. And then he finds a home in 2003 with, uh, was it Lionsgate? Lionsgate yep. And that's how the world was introduced. So the movie should have come out in like 2000, 2001 at the latest, but instead it took a few years and then it came out in 2003. Uh, and I saw the movie in 2003. Did was, is that how, what was early as you saw House 05. of Thousand? It was 05. 05. Right after I saw Devil's Rejects on DVD, I was like, I went and tracked that down. So. Very interesting. Uh, so, so dude, I, I'm going to go right out and say it. House of a Thousand Corpses is far and away my favorite Rob Zombie movie. I'll tell you when we get to the when we get to the other one. I'll tell you what my second one is because it's a clear cut number two. But my number one is definitively House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, for me and you, man, it tends to be this way a lot with us. We we agree that this film and this film should be in the top, but it's always flip-flopped. So I already know what we're going to say. My number one is Halloween 2, but House of a Thousand Corpses is easily second, and I don't even think there's really one that's that close to it. Like, I enjoy things about all of his movies, and there's only one of his movies that I'm just like, eh, about. Every other one of them, I, I either think it's really good or I love it. And uh, But House of a Thousand Corpses is clearly number two there isn't even one on its heels like I, yeah yeah i love the movie yeah dude i mean the the when you when you look at house of a thousand and people ask me why do you like that one and it's typically why do you like that more than devil's rejects because devil's rejects is the film that obviously yeah. gets compared my thing is always how can you not watch that opening sequence of house of a thousand corpses at the gas station and not tell me that's some of the funniest shit you have ever seen in your entire life there's so much in the movie. I mean, he's talking about a, what a Dr. Zayas doll. Um, he's talking about, uh, 
<laughs> pencils and, and, and genitalia. There's there's the um, holy Miss Molly caught me alive. Alive. Like yeah. there's so much in that movie that like you're made to feel uncomfortable. Just the way it's edited, the way it's shot, the way these characters look and how they act. So you're supposed to feel uncomfortable and you do, but you can't help but laugh like half of the time because like I love when Otis puts the chick in the chair with the dunce hat on. I'm just it's so funny because it's like this this shouldn't I shouldn't be laughing at this right now, but because it's overtly horrifying. I mean, yeah. that house that they're in and stuff and, mm-hmm. you know. I, I, uh, I tell you, man, I remember this, this is a movie that me and my brother watch religiously together. I can't wait for him to come home from being overseas when he gets out the military. He's actually going to try to move back here. Dude, this is a movie we, we literally watch it. Every time he comes into town and sees me, we, we watch House of Thousand. It, it's the most fun movie to watch with a, with a, with a buddy. And, uh, I don't know, dude. Captain Spaulding has to be one of the most amazing characters. I think. That Sid Hake was actually about to get out of acting because his career had really stalled at that point. But Zombie was a bit. Rob talked him into it. Yep. Yeah. He was basically like, dude, come on. In my eyes, you're an icon. Like, play this silly, freaking sadistic clown. Like, just do it. It's just my, this little movie I'm doing. Okay, whatever. And then his role was the one that everyone remembered. So, like. Oh, dude, he stole the, he absolutely stole that movie. Uh, it's some of my favorite moments too. <laughs> just, he, I don't even know exactly what the little dude is saying, but when <laughs> the guy's giving the countdown when he's about to shoot him, mm-hmm. and the little guy is like, "Little dick prick plays with his stick" or something like that. He goes, "Stop singing that song!" And he pulls it's not up so bad it'll make you sick. Yeah, <laughs> yep. dude, the entire scene is some of the funniest stuff, but. What I loved about the movie too, when I used to, when I was younger, I used to almost say it as a negative, but I love its music video esque approach, especially the, the, uh, the, I guess you call it the title sequence right after that with the Super 8 footage, dude. Yes. And that would become a staple with Zombie using Super 8 cameras mm-hmm. in his movies, dude. And Rob filmed that entire thing while on tour, the opening sequence. He was on tour and realized he didn't have an intro. I remember watching an interview about it. He was like, I didn't have an intro for the movie. And I'm on tour, and I'm like, screw it. I'll just shoot some stuff. That's why you have, like, billboards and, like, uh, abandoned houses and, like, just a bunch of weird stuff. And then he, like, he had Sherry, like... Here, dance like naked, and you know, yeah, like, shake your a, shake your ass, yeah, Sherry. <laughs> basically, and he was on tour, and he was like, "Screw it, I'll just film this stuff. We'll throw it in as the intro." And, I mean, it worked. It worked so so well. And then you know, some of the other things that I love about this movie now, in retrospect, that I appreciate now, being an Office fan, Dwight Schrute is is in the movie. Yes, yes, um, and Chris Hardwick, which is Chris crazy. Hardwick. Yeah, yeah. And I love the I love the, the the two guys and the and the two girls you know in the beginning of the film when they're traveling and they go to the gas station and and Captain Spaulding screwing with them in the gas station. Look around, son. Would I be surprised? I just man, yeah. I eat up that gas station that looked yeah. like it was a lit. I, I it's I don't think it was a legitimate gas station, but I think a lot of that stuff was on the back lot of Universal Studios. Yeah, but that place isn't. That place I've actually seen. Um, there's a channel called the Daily Woo, and uh, uh-huh. he went there and filmed. But they were filming. I think it was his video. They were filming, which is ironic because they were doing this when Rob Zombie was filming too. If you ever listened to the commentary, they were filming a porno at the gas station where 
that like that was the gas station and he wasn't allowed to like go up to it so he was just like yeah, i'm right here they're filming an adult film like they told me i have to stay away like i can't get past this point i think it was him it was somebody's video a location video and uh, at one point even like you see people come out and like they're looking at him and they're like telling him to go because he's too close or whatever and he's like oh, i, I would have been pissed like i make the trek to come here and i can't come up to this place because you guys are in there boning like you know i mean whatever but um so that one wasn't on the back lot but the house the street everything yeah that was all on the back lot so and that's a place i always wanted to visit but you'd have to you know it's universal back lot it's not you can't just drive up and be like oh that's the house from house of thousand corpses yeah but on the commentary rob says that they were um what's there was a when they were filming um do you know the scene where the cop brings the the coke up to uh like he has the two bottles of coke and they're talking to her dad uh there was a like a barn right off in the distance and they were filming a porno in there while they were shooting that scene and they told rob and the crew they had to leave and he was like no i'm not fucking like i'm not leaving you can't make me leave so they like made him stay so far away from that yeah yeah that that just but that makes sense that while they're filming house thousand corpses there's pornos going on inside (laughs) yep yep yeah. So, so one of my other favorite scenes in House of Thousand that I think is just absolutely a brilliantly amazing is the murder ride, and he legitimately set that up as like a ride you could go on. I mean, I don't know, man. That that scene scared the shit out of me as a kid for some reason. Like the Albert Fish guy shoving the needles <laughs> up his ass. <laughs> but dude, the story of Doctor Satan is so amazing and. We'll get to that part in a minute, but dude, I remember the first time I watched it, I was, as a kid, this movie legitimately scared the hell out of me. It, it, it wasn't funny, you know, it, like, which is like a lot of movies when you're young and you see it, dude, they just scare the hell out of you. House of Thousand was no different, man. That murder ride set me up big time because I knew I was going to see Dr. Satan in this movie, but the murder ride was so awesome. Yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously Bill Mosley is, who's known as Chop Top, I would almost argue it's really close. I don't know if he's if he's more known as Otis Driftwood or Chop Top, but damn man, I'm sure it's probably pretty close because Otis is probably. I mean, that's when you go to a convention. If you see Bill Mosley, he's going to have a lot of Otis Driftwood pictures. You know yeah. what I mean? I think of him as Otis, yeah. but you know, I'm a I'm, I'm a zombie fan, so makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, another thing about the movie that I love so much, and I'll, this is weird for me, because, you know, horror fans, a lot of guy horror fans, and I'm going to sound like a pig for a second, we love to see, like, beautiful women in horror movies. But for some reason, and Sherry is smoking hot in this movie. She is. But, dude, she has the biggest hate group I've ever seen in my life. Look, I, I, I get it. I, I, I get what you're saying. I don't get why people hate her. My, I don't know. There are times where, like, 31. I don't like her acting in 31. I think it seems disinterested. I think she wasn't really involved in it. That's my opinion. But in House of a Thousand Corpses, I, I don't think you can realistically compl- complain about her acting. She sold that, like, so well. Like, she was maniacal and fun and believable, like... I don't, I don't get it. I think people's issue is the people that complain about that, they already don't like zombies films. 
So what's one thing they can tear down with every zombie film? Well, he puts Sherry in every damn movie. That's his wife, dude. Like, like. Well, a lot of directors do that too. They yeah, use like, a lot of the same people. And she can act. So like, who cares? I mean, I, I don't see it as a big deal, but regardless, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's like the, the, the hate group for Sherry Moon Zombie is like, dude, go outside and touch grass. Like, geez, <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I love her in this movie. Her, her laugh yeah. doesn't bother me. She has some of my favorite moments in the film uh, when she's buying the alcohol and mm. she's messing with G-Ober. <laughs> I don't know, man. But, dude, the, the finale of this movie is just as amazing to me as the opening of the movie. When you when he when when Otis tells him I'm gonna let you meet the old bastard, and sends the girl in that coffin down in the tunnel. Holy oh, crap! And then dude. you have the disembodied bury me in a nameless grave. Oh, oh my god. god, dude! One of the most underrated moments of that film is when she gets dropped into the water, and you see those cr- black like monster zombie looking things. Holy crap. Yeah. No, Rob, this is one movie where you'll hear me at times when I'm talking about a horror movie complain sometimes that it has this music video type feel because that's not what it's going for. So you're kind of like, you wanted me to take this as a big budget, like serious movie, and it has this music video type editing and feel like I don't agree with that. Whereas here, this was supposed to feel like that. It's supposed right. to be hectic. It's supposed to be a frenzy. So like, yeah, it's a positive. I. I love it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just think it, I think, I think it's, it's, it embodied what he can do as a director and how insane he can be. And it was, I mean, no studio could ever produce that. I mean, besides giving money, just dude, the vision of that film is insane. And I think it's even that Lionsgate was the one that distributed it because then they went on to distribute Saul and whatever. They were like, we don't care what we put out there. If it offends you, who cares? Like, well, dude, Lionsgate, man. I mean, dude, they were, they were leading, leading the, the way for horror for the two thousands, man. I loved Lionsgate. Um, but the scene with Dr. Satan has to just be the, some of the greatest stuff I've ever, I mean, dude, holy crap. I mean, whenever you put that movie on and you see that contraption that holds him up, Holy you don't even know smokes. what the hell you're watching, and we never got an explanation for it, which I kind of like. You know, yeah. like. And yeah, what's this... up with the what's up with the professor when he takes off his mask and it's just like an inverted? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It's gross, dude. I know, and I don't. Th- I don't even think Rob knows. I really don't even think he knows. If you ask him, he'd probably be like, "Dude, I was just doing it for. I was. I was just doing it for the shock. Like, I, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, cool." Whatever. And yeah. And this was the first time we saw how Rob was able to implement really cool classic seventies songs into his movies. And we're gonna learn more about that throughout his career. But dude, when we get to the scene where Otis shoots the sheriff when he's Mm -hmm. standing on his knees and he holds that shot and holds it and holds it. Oh man, what a brilliant I I love that so much. And then when he finally shoots him, it's slow motion and he drops. I, I love this movie. I love everything about it. I love the family. I love tiny, cheap-ass Halloween costume when he's eating cereal <laughs> out of a dog bowl. Yeah. Oh, and my she's God. she's just like, oh, like, help me, like, blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, okay, bye. Like, oh, have, like see ya. Otis just let you go. Yeah. And then we can't not bring up Grandpa. Grandpa is... <gasps> Rob said Great that dude had the flu. Time. Yeah, Rob said the dude had the flu when they were filming that, too. So he was sick as a dog. <laughs> 
just <laughs> I like it when he's eating the he's eating the TV dinner in front of that tiny ass busted TV, just yelling at it. <laughs> he's just like flicking it off. Let me get behind the wheel of that bitch. Oh man, oh, dude! Man. Every scene of this movie, I love every character. I love, I just love that entire family. Would you say that this movie? Is I mean, would you, certainly Texas Chainsaw, you know, inspired in a way, right? Would you, would you say that's the same? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, I I'm trying to think of other inspirations he would have had for it. I I you know Texas Chainsaw, maybe some Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, which, I was going to say some Wes Cravenish yeah. Hills Have Eyes last last yeah. house like just insanity, man. It seems like an homage to those types of movies. Yeah, big time, big time. Yeah. Um, when we get to the end of this, I want I want us to talk about a remake or a movie. Uh, let's say remake. I want to bring up a. We're gonna come up with a movie, a remake that we think Rob could have remade and been really awesome, but but that he didn't do. But moving on, uh, Devil's Rejects. This film got the critical, more so of a critical acclaim, big time, and I think people were shocked when they saw it because, dude, it was this this one to me is just. I, I don't know, man. Stylistically, I, I, it's so different. It, it's shocking that it's, a, it's the same director. It has the same, like, grittiness and intensity. But, dude, I mean, this looks like a this is like a Western movie that's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. It, I mean, talk about how, how to really do a sequel, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it makes sense to me that the general public considers The Devil's Rejects to be better than House of a Thousand Corpses because if we're being technical, it's more well-made, you know, it just, it's more competently made. He had a bigger budget. Um, he threw some, some new actors in there, some bigger names like a Ken Forey, Danny um, Trejo, Danny Trejo. Yeah. So like it, it, it was taking it, it was taken more seriously. I get that. But, um, yeah, devil's rejects is just mean. Like if there's a word for it, it's just mean. Like, one of my favorite lines ever and in a horror film ever, and I feel so bad about this because I am religious, but it's, I am the devil and I'm here to do, here the, to devil's do the devil's work. work. Like that is so mean and evil and just, but it's oh, like, man. it chills you to your core, man. You hear yeah. that and you're like, this dude is the devil. Like Otis does not care at all. Um, no sympathy, none, no empathy. Doesn't have it. He's a psychopath. Um, so, I mean, for me, man, when I first watched it, I remember, you know, just kind of, it got under my skin with how just like, it was just very, I don't even, it's, it's very unapologetically offensive. Um, and I think it works in the film's favor because that's what it is. You know, you got to take it for what it is. Um, but, uh, God, uh, geez, man, that, the ending, um, uh, I saw I almost freebird the same way again, dude. I still, I still, even though, well, we'll get there. I don't want to say anything about what I want to say, but you know, Devil's Rejects. The interesting thing about this movie is Rob sets it up to where you you kind of see the film uh, between two points of view: the family and the sheriff. And I'm the only person except my brother. My brother actually brought this to my attention. He was like, Christian, I really like how Rob makes this movie. You, you, you see the film from this point of view with the sheriff and he's trying to avenge his brother who died in the first one, the bald mm-hmm. guy. 
and you can be between the family. And every time after my brother told me about that, I always took as much as I love the family, dude, I'm sorry. I took sides with Sheriff Wydell. I just really, I, I, cause I have a brother that like, dude, if he got killed because of some crazy family like that, dude, I'm stopping at nothing at nothing to avenge and this this is probably my favorite william forsyth role i mean he me is, too he's oh, fantastic in this movie my favorite character i swear yeah. to god i love the only mistake he made was he got drunk and he got cocky and he was like all right go run go run. he was I'll reveling he yes. was reveling in the revenge he was chase he, he wanted to play with his food you know what i mean where in reality it was just like but when he's just nailing them and stapling them. And he's like, huh, 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 like in their oh, faces, it's... mocking them. It's just like, it's great because you're like, yes, dude, these people are pieces of shit. Like, do, like, get, like, kill them. But at the same time, you're like, but I love them and I shouldn't. But yeah, he, he really makes you, he really makes you feel for him and want him to win. And then Tiny just comes out of nowhere. Just, and the inter- the interesting thing is when I watch Devil's Rejects, it unequivocally feels individualistic and does not remind me of House with Thousand Corpses nope. whatsoever. But when Tiny shows up because of the way he looks and stuff, I can't help but get that house feel because Tiny is so ridiculous looking just oh, the way yeah. the movie is ridiculous. So whenever I see Tiny, I'm like, oh, man, that is so unequivocally. It makes me feel like House. And I love seeing Tiny in the movie for as small a time as it is. And I think that gentleman actually passed away. Yeah, Matthew right, passed away right before the movie came out. Very sad. But I love yeah. seeing him. And, it was, dude, it's really a, almost a creepy ending because it's like him as a character was dying in the film, too. Mm-hmm. And he's, when Otis is like, you sure you don't want to come with this? And he's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in the house. Yep. I can hear yeah. you, brother, taking a piss. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can you? Yeah. Hey, Blake, you should close the door when you take a piss. My mic can pick that up. I'll leave it in the sh- in the yeah, in the podcast. We're doing Rob Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, drop drop the skull fuck in there. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I mean, for me, man, it's they're tonally different. This and House, um, you know, but at their core, they're the same. But for me, I think the reason why I like House so much more is House is just throw everything at the wall, see what sticks. It was scary. It just has this vibe that you don't get in modern horror movies anymore. You'll never, never, get a, never get a movie like never. that. Never. And I don't think Rob could ever do it again. I, no. I really could because, dude. I mean, I, I don't know. That was the birth of his film career, mm-hmm. and I don't want to say he didn't know what he was doing, but like. He just, he literally, like that unabashed, uh, just, I, I don't know the word, but it was purely unadulterated, organic. Hey, I'm making my first major motion picture. I'm just going to, I don't know what I can and can't do because mm-hmm. I'm not in the biz. I guess it's what it is. Yeah. And, you know. I, I love the movie, though. I really do. Um, it's one of the best sequels, dude. Hands oh, yeah. down. I mean, the ending alone is like one. It, not even in just horror films. It's one of the most iconic endings I've I've personally seen in film because it's it speaks to you on like a metaphorical level and just like a visceral level. And that's yeah. why, like, part of me was like a sequel to Devil's Rejects. I don't know. Does that tarnish the ending of Devil's Rejects? And then when I watched. Three from hell, and we'll get there. But I'm like, no, it doesn't tarnish it. That ending is still legendary. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I, 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 you know, the more I think about it, I don't know what my second favorite Rob Zombie film is. Yes, I, I think do. I do. I, 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 I really do. But dude, it's whenever I, I, whenever I watch Devil's Rejects, um, cool story. When I went to go see Three from Hell, they did the limited theater stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, a, uh, a cinema an hour from me had it, and they were doing these special things where if you show up. Uh, on this night, it was like a two or three night thing at the theater. If you show up on this night, you get such and such. If you show up on this night, you do this. Well, on the second night of the three, they were playing Devil's Rejects before Three from Hell, so it was a double yeah, bill. I that. Yep. And I got to see, I got to see uh, Devil's Rejects in the theater. And I got to be honest with you, man, that was that. I, I when I think about that experience. I remember that more than three from hell. Like, yeah. I remember seeing devil's rejects in the theater and being like, Holy crap, man, yeah. this is so cool. Yeah, man. I, it's, it's a great movie. It really is a great movie. I mean, this was the movie that started to give him credibility, which is what gave him his next yeah. gig. Well, I mean, Ebert and Roper and, uh, you know, uh, they Two thumbs up, dude. I mean, yeah, it, which is, you know, uh, Roger Ebert, dude, you, you wouldn't expect him. I mean, this was the guy who, I mean, hated everything from the 1980s, damn near. If it was a horror film, he didn't like it, except movies like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer and other things. But he was all about, uh, I mean, he, I think in his review, he said something like, it's disgusting, it's grotesque, it's vile, but I did enjoy it, so I got to give it two thumbs up. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Probably the, one of the greatest sequels ever. I love Sherry Moon's character in here. My favorite moment she has in the film, when they're having the chaos in the hotel room, and she stops everything. She goes, damn, look at that jacket hmm. on the TV. <laughs> I like how she's throwing like pop cans at her. She's just like sitting there on the bed and she's like throwing shit at her. It's so funny. Like baby is just like, I don't even care. Like I, she's just, she's wild. Yeah. Um, I loved her in this movie. Yeah. But Otis was great in this one too, man. Like I, 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 between the family, it's hard to say who my favorite character is. I mean, I, I thought, I thought Spalding was great too, but clearly I think it is his magic was in the first movie, yeah, but I loved him. This is movie. This I think so. Is. I really think it is Otis's film. But again, dude, unabashedly, I love Forsyth is my dude in this movie. I yep. love William Forsyth. I love when the guy insults Elvis Presley or something. He goes, don't you ever disrespect Elvis Wayne Presley in my presence again, you sorry sack of shit. <laughs> Get the hell yep. out of here. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Yeah. So, so, I, I, so far... We'll, we'll we'll do the we'll do the uh, ten scale on this, and we can only give one movie a ten. So House is given is getting my ten, but I got to give nine point nine nine point nine, and Devils is going to get a nine point five from me. Same nine point five. So, uh, moving on again, I have no notes because I know the dude's yeah. career. Yeah. Uh, dude, do you remember? You were obviously a Halloween fan before. The, the Rob Zombie. You had seen. We've we've talked about this. So, do you remember having a reaction one way or the other when you heard that Rob was remaking Halloween? I was pumped. I was pumped. I told my mom about it, and she was like, "What? Why are they remaking Halloween?" Like that was her reaction. It wasn't about Rob Zombie, even though she liked his music. But I was pumped, man, because um, I was fresh off of seeing Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. So it's like, hell yeah. Let Rob mm-hmm. Zombie make a Halloween movie. It's gonna be it's gonna be grungy as hell. I love this. Like this is great. Um, yeah, I remember the the whole hype train leading up to it, man. All of it, all of it. And dude, 
I dare say, and I, I see this a lot from people, especially the, a lot of them that don't like the movie. I think a, a lot of those same people were still excited about it. I mean, I, from what I from what I hear from people talk about, I, I, if I had a dollar every time I heard, oh, when when Rob announced he was making Halloween, I got to be honest, I was excited. Like you hear that a lot, which we'll kind of talk more so with Halloween because you know uh, we've talked about these movies at length already. But I would really like to talk about what it is that Halloween fans for the most part, why they don't like this film. I want to break that down because we both like the film. I think we both agree that the second half of the film is the stronger half, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I do like the theatrical cut because you get to see uh, Bill Mosley and stuff in the prison. Although I I like the director's cut too, but I like the theatrical cut of this film as well. Uh, I I love uh, Malcolm McDowell. I I mean, if there, anybody else is playing Loomis, I, I'm so glad it's him because I love him, especially in two. But we'll get there. I love Scout. I love Scout. I, I, so oh, many people hate Scout. I love Scout. Me too. Absolutely adore Scout Taylor Compton. Yeah. She is, dude. You have you seen her lately on Instagram? That woman yes, is beautiful. Yes, she she has blossomed. That's for yeah. sure. Um, look. I mean, we've talked extensively about the Halloween movies, you know, so it's like, and I don't, so I don't want to bog anybody down with that, but I'll just tell you guys, like, I remember the hype leading up to this movie. I remember the theater experience with this movie. I, I It was my first Halloween theater experience. It was my first Rob Zombie theater experience. I loved it. I mean, I loved the movie the first time I saw it. I do remember cringing sometimes while I was in the theater because I watched it with my buddies and their dad. Right. Like, oh, there's a lot of bad words in here and stuff and nudity. He's probably like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. Um, But I just, I had such a ball with it, man. And I remember the reception. It did well at the box office, but critically and with the fans, it was just like, and I'm just kind of like, you guys are, what are you smoking? Like, I, I was genuinely kind of taken aback by that. And, um, you know, I, I remembered, um, yeah, I, I, I thought of it very fondly, you know, I really did. And I, and I still do. Um, I really do appreciate the movie uh, a lot. I, it's not one of my favorite Halloween movies, but I do really like it. And, uh, but the reason that Halloween fans don't like it in a nutshell is simply because they felt like, and I'm, as diehard as they get guys. I got a tattoo and everything. Christian understands too. You know, we're diehards, but you know, exactly. The, they felt like you tried to explain Michael Myers. You gave him this backstory and not, and not only is that a cardinal sin, but then the backstory you gave him was this trashy, ridiculous nonsense, hillbilly Rob zombie bullshit. And, And I think that's the biggest thing. That is the biggest thing. People can't get past that. And even when they try to get past it, they're like, Oh, well then the second half, just like a shot for shot remake, which it's, it's not at all. But, um, so, but do you you think that's fair? I mean, because Halloween fans, and I'm not talking about horror fans, because I would say the casual person, if I talked, like, if, like my, my guitar player, I, I, he starts to watch a lot of horror movies and stuff. He's not a Halloween fan. Yeah. And what I mean by that is people like us, you know, while we're doing this podcast, you've got blankets behind you. I've got I've got an original poster in part three right here. We've got tattoos. You know, we're Halloween fans. Yeah, I I feel like when I talk to the average person, like my guitar player, for instance, if I told Landon, like, hey, dude, you, you should check out Rob Zombie's Halloween. 
I, I'm, I, I, I would be because of a lot of the stuff that he has watched and told me he liked. I would have no doubt in my mind he would like the movie. Yeah. So do you think? I mean, I still find it fair to complain. Like those complete. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want this to turn into a no, right I, or wrong I, I thing. Know what you're, I know what you're saying. The way the what you're what basically what you're getting at. I, I think your average horror fan, your casual horror fan, would like it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think the majority of the people that hate it, obviously critics, because critics are just pretentious douchebags most of the time. So we don't even need to talk about that. But yeah. It's it's mostly just the hardcore Halloween fans, which is funny because I'm one of them, and and I find enjoyment in the movie. I will say, and Christian mentioned it at the top, the first 45 minutes now at almost 27 years old are hard for me to get through. I mean, sometimes it's a aside from Malcolm McDowell. I mean, it's it's hard. Like I'm like this, I'm not about this. But then as soon as it turns around and you got Scout and Danielle. And Tyler Maine with the mask and everything. I'm like, yes, like I'm all about this. Dude, I, I wanted to, before I get into this, you know, I wanted to say that I don't, dude, it's weird. I, I'm getting that way. I still like Halloween 2007. Um, it's certainly the lesser of the two Halloweens for me, mm-hmm. for Rob. Um, and I would actually dare say more so a lot of the, Halloween fans that aren't Rob Zombie fans would probably say that too. I see a lot more that are coming around uh, uh, Rob's too. But mm-hmm. before we get to that point, as I've gotten, I say older, but really over the last three, four years, I've watched the Rob movies more and more because of just in my heart trying to keep them alive because we've got a return to form, so to speak, with, with the Jamie Lee Curtis movies we have going on now. Yep. I'm getting that way to where... I don't, I'll never, I, I don't dislike Rob's Halloween. I don't, but dude, I really, uh, just, I, I'm, I'm always ready to get to the point to where he's an adult. Yeah. It's almost a chore. I mean, it's almost a chore to get through the childhood stuff. And there are some cool kills there. And there's some great moments in the sanitarium with, with Dag Ferch and Malcolm McDowell. Um, but which by the way, Dag Ferch was in, uh, I think, Two weeks ago, uh, American Horror Story season ten. He was in one of the episodes and he got his yeah. throat slit. That was pretty cool. But I'm sure um, I make a lot of people happy. Yeah, but um, you know, I just—it's a chore to get through now, man. I, I, it really, really is. Whether it's whether it's the dialogue, whether I mean, it, it, aesthetically, like it, it looks great and it's scored great and the soundtrack's great. But yeah, I mean, it's just it—it it can be a chore. So. But the second half, I would say the second half is – I really don't have many, if any, complaints with the second half. I, I, I just have a ball with the second half of the movie. I really do. I think it's fun as hell. Okay, so this is what I wanted to bring up. Because I think that there is the majority of people that would probably agree with that. I'm going out on a limb and saying that I think that's probably fair, that there are more people that would complain about the first half of the film and the extreme vulgarity and that kind of thing. There is somebody about a year or so ago. Uh, it said it pre- it premiered on May twenty May thirty first, twenty twenty, and I remember hearing about this. Somebody made a fan edit of Rob Zombie's Halloween where they trim his childhood section to, um, let's see, I can timestamp it right here. Uh, he becomes an adult at twelve minutes into the film. Wow. They trim, they shortened up. It's called, it's on YouTube. The whole movie's on YouTube. It's called Rob Zombie's Halloween Fan Cut, Spooky Guy Cut. 
and it's got 337,000 views and uh, a lot of people in the comment section saying, I wasn't a fan, but I love this cut. Thank you. So I implore people to try to check that out. It's on YouTube. If you want to watch it, it's Rob Zombie's Halloween fan cut. Spooky guy is the YouTube channel. That guy's actually familiar. I think he's up to my channel because I've seen him his comments before, but he trims down the child version section to 12 minutes of the film. And I got to be honest, I have watched this and I really enjoy the cut. Yeah. I mean, they really, they really trim out all, a lot of the kids stuff and leave the parts that I quite frankly like about it. And by 12 minutes, he's an adult in the sanitarium with Danny Trejo. So that's just something to keep in mind for people. I don't need people to convert and become a fan of the film per se, but you know, just try it. You know, give it a shot. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, but that's Rob Zombie's Halloween. But again, he, you know, he did so many things about this film that horror fans, I think, should so appreciate Brad Dorif, Danielle freaking Harris. Everybody wants Danielle to be in these new Halloween movies, including Danielle Harris. Rob did that, gave her a major role in the film, you know, but I feel like that doesn't hold any water anymore. It should with people because he did a lot to tell you. I mean, guys, D. Wallace, like, I mean, he did a lot with this movie to bait as like a love letter to horror fans and Halloween fans. Big and time. People were just like, screw you, Rob Zombie. You're a dick. You don't know what you're doing. And it's like, okay, I was trying to do something nice for you guys, but all right, I guess yeah. I'm a dick. Yeah. Um, He's not yeah. losing any sleep. No, no. <laughs> Um, but by the end of Halloween, you know, chaos has ensued, uh, and Michael is, is still doing his thing. So two years go by and I remember the announcement of this. I was my senior year of high school. And by the way, I'll give Rob Zombie's Halloween a six. I think that's what I gave it when we did the Lee video. Yeah, I did too. I think I'm going to stick there as well. Six. Yeah. I remember the release of Rob's Halloween two. Like it was yesterday. I was a senior in high school. I had, again, I'm not telling the Nightmare 2 story anymore, but <laughs> this was right around that time where I got hooked on horror big time. And I went and saw this movie open and freaking night in theaters. I remember it was one of, this is when they started doing, I think it was, I could be wrong, but I want to say I had school the next day because this is where like movies would premiere on Friday, but it, they would do like a midnight thing on Thursday, which is Friday. What am I saying? It was that. So I took work school off the next day. I was like, screw, I'm calling. I'm not going to school tomorrow. I'm just going to stay up late and watch Halloween. Mm-hmm. I, and my, I got my buddies to come with me. We all took up the whole row. And I remember, dude, it was the most fun night of my life. That Halloween was, and I think this is something a lot of people would say too. When they thought Rob Zombie Halloween, I think that that was kind of what they had in mind because it's, it's wild. It's out there, mm-hmm. but like we've talked about some of the character development with this movie is so uh what's the word I'm looking for like it's so I don't know it, it he went for it with with Scout Taylor in this movie and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I loved it I actually think that Scouts I think we talked about this you know with Halloween 2018 you know while I think it's a fair movie I think some of the things I think about is is Jamie Lee's PTSD. Does it come across normal for somebody to have something that happened that long ago? 
but showing Scout two years later with this movie, I think it was two years later, the film, they might have made it a year later with the movie, but I think we both agreed that we thought her character in this movie was insanely good with how she portrayed her post-traumatic stress. Look, people can talk all they want about Rob's dialogue, and I understand those arguments, and I'll hear those arguments, but character development-wise in some of his films, especially this one, I just don't want to hear complaints because you get, I mean, Scout Taylor Compton does phenomenal in this, in this film and her character is written phenomenally. And it's the same with Annie and their relationship. Uh, it is, it's just, oh my God, dude, I, I can't even describe to you. I think I resonated with it too, because like I watched it as a teenager and like I tried to put myself in that position like, if this happened to me and my friends, like, yeah, I think I would go to a dark place, too. I don't think I could just, oh, you know what, whatever, you know, life goes on. No, I think I would have a complete full-blown meltdown and, mm-hmm. and go to a very dark place like she did. And people are like, oh, well, I don't like how she's always, in the movie, she's always screaming or crying or yelling. And I'm like, she's literally, like, mentally, her, it's just, it's it's all screwed. I mean, it's, it's she's done for mentally right now. So, like... But she delivers, man. The scene, there's a, there's two scenes in this movie to me that are like damn near heartbreaking. And one of them is her reading the book in the car and oh, finding man. out and her freak out in the car. And then the scene in the bathroom with Annie, um, which literally made me tear up in the theater because I, I just, and it still gets, like it just still hurts my heart when I watch that scene. And it, she delivers just I, I I'm I really am not one for the scout hate guys. I mean that's that's the bottom line of what I'm trying to say here. I mean I'm not one for it. I think she's a great actress, and I think she showed her chops in this movie. And uh, but the PTSD, the the character development, the just the the physical and emotional scarring is put on full display. And I I just think he nailed it writing these characters, and I think they nailed it acting that way. Oh yeah, and and Brad Dourif scene, dude, seeing oh. Danielle, that is one of the best. I mean, Scout is amazing. I, I would give her performance a solid nine and a half out of ten. But Brad Dourif is an eleven, and I mean, he shows his he shows his experience. Yeah. I mean, dude, I I I I'm uncomfortable when I see him in that movie. Do you remember the part of the movie that that's this the freakiest with how good I, I get chills thinking about it. After he finds his daughter and he walks outside the front of the house and one of the deputies gets his attention that, yeah. and the look on his face, I get chill. I'm, I have goosebumps right now. Yep. He's like, with, with his uh, face. The deputy says, uh, they, they, they saw a man carry a girl into a shack. He's like, you want me to take this one? And Brad Dorf goes, Mm-mm. and like just has this very stern, like, it's, oh, hell no. Dude, it's terrifying. It's so terrifying. Oh my god, dude. Oh my god. It's it's harrowing. So I mean, some of the performances again, and I I I really do think that this one has gained the bigger following between the two, and I do think it's because people have uh, embraced its uh, individuality. I mean, yes, you know, this probably should have been, you know the first movie in a sense style wise. I just think that's what a lot of people were expecting. Uh, Cause the first one, I mean, it really is zombie riding a fine line between trying to make a linear 
you know, narrow, straight and narrow story typed movie with trying to still be himself, where this one was a product of him hating the company he was working for at this point. And we, mm-hmm. we can talk about that for a second, you know, and just literally throwing stuff at the wall again to, I think, get himself, not get himself fired, but just be like, I, I don't want to have to make another one of these, you know, which they didn't because I don't think the box office was good enough to warrant doing it immediately. It was successful. It made money, but not like the first one. But, I mean, if you want to tell people about the making of with Halloween 2. Yeah, I mean, basically, guys, if you remember, there was a four-and-a-half-hour documentary on the uh, like collector's edition of Rob Zombie's Halloween. Uh, it literally takes you up from pre-production, everyday filming, and post-production. It's one of the best making-of documentaries I've ever seen. Um, Rob did an interview years ago and said, yeah, for Halloween 2, we made an eight-hour one. He's like, it was everything you could have asked for. It'll never be released. And the Weinstein Company, though no longer existent really, uh, owns that footage and they will never let that footage be shown or be released because a lot of that footage is basically me trashing them and us disagreeing on a lot of things and me doing things to piss them off. Um, Yeah, the Weinstein Company wanted a more paint by the numbers Halloween movie. Whereas Malika Cod has even come out and said he told Rob to make his Halloween movie. Do your right. thing, man. But the wine scenes were like, nah, we're paying for this. You're gonna do it how we want. And Malik is like, no, this is my dad's property. I'm gonna give him creative control. So it was a back and forth the entire time, but Rob just did whatever the hell he wanted. He, he hasn't worked care. with Miramax since. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And and you know, rightfully so. But there was a lot of drama and, uh, you know, warranted or not, Rob's final product with this movie, it's my favorite Rob Zombie movie. I'm going to go ahead and give it a 10 out of 10 right now. It's my 10. Um, the the 16 millimeter, using 16 millimeter to, to shoot this thing, it looks beautiful. It's, it's lit fantastically. It's acted fantastically. The characters are fleshed out. The kills are just brutal. It feels and, like a Halloween... T- time film as well yes, which is always yes. very important to me yeah which there is, is a there is a heavyweight champion to me of films that in this series that actually feel like the actual holiday and that's part six <laughs> part six feels like the holiday so much but it does feel like a halloween film which is very very important to me yep. uh, like h2o it could be any day of the year to me almost. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's – I don't even know if there's like – well, there's a couple pumpkins in the beginning of the movie. But, you know, anyway, I don't want to get off topic. I don't want to get off topic. But this one does feel like the Halloween season to me. I love the the the, car, the carnival. It was the, you know, the band, Captain Clegg, the, the Psycho Billy band playing. And mm-hmm. all those scenes were so cool. Um, the Phantom Jam. Yeah. And I also love Loomis in this movie because his character was – I say realistic in his approach of the aftermath. You know, he's an eccentric doctor in this movie. Don't get me wrong. He's witty and nuts and sizzling hot. But he wanted to profit off of the destruction. That's that's America for you. People are capitalists. So, you know, in the original, even though Loomis is the absolute, uh, Donald Pleasance is, is God, you know, I did appreciate that this one was different. And it, it was a doctor who becomes concerned but not at first. He's trying to make money and sell yep. books. And 
I I was like, well, that's the truth. If if there ever was a truth, you know, uh, I remember the the lawyer for um, Casey Anthony, the uh, lawyer for for the her de- her defense lawyer, dude went on a complete like media blitz after the trial, and you know he was getting paid for all those appearances. So yeah, he was trying to profit off of that. So I, that just made sense to me, and I appreciate that Rob went that way with Loomis. You know, yeah, it's a very it's a very believable character development. Like people. Yeah. You may not like it. You may not want to see your Loomis that way, but you can't say it doesn't make sense. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm giving I'm giving Halloween Halloween two is my f- second favorite, and I'll give it a nine a nine a nine point seven nine point eight. You gave um, it a nine point nine with Lee. I'm giving I'm giving a nine point eight. Lost point one. So after this, as we we'll just kind of breeze through this. He did the Haunted World of El Super Bisto in two thousand nine as well. It's a really cool little cartoon. I like it a lot. Um in two thousand ten, Rob did a cameo voice of God in the movie Super. Uh and then in two thousand twelve we would see his next film, which really started to divide people. Uh The Lords of Salem. Yes. Uh I wanted to see this movie in theaters. This was a limited theatrical release. It was not playing in many places around me, so I did have to wait for, I believe it was Anchor Bay who put out the movie. Um, I bought it on DVD yes. at the time because I wasn't big into Blu-ray yet. I have since bought a gorgeous steelbook of Lord of Salem. But I'll be honest with you, my first time watching this movie, I, I told myself I literally do not know how to feel about this movie. Yeah, I'd say that's, you know, that's 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 a pretty fair assessment. I, I've I've grown to really like it. Love may be strong, but then again, I could watch it and be like, no, I freaking love this movie. It's, tonally, I love the film. It's very dark, you know, very foreboding, and um, I just I I don't know, dude. I'm still trying to figure it out in a sense. I'm not sure. It may be Rob's like best directed film visually the the movie is gorgeous i mean it just is uh the set pieces the cinematography the lighting all of it they're gorgeous um how i felt about lords of salem after the first time i saw it was like okay that just happened um i need time to process that i don't really know what i just watched uh and then i you know i watched it a few more times and i grew an appreciation for it um but it's not one of my favorites of his, and it's because there's a very obvious knock for me. Narratively speaking, I don't think it's structured all that well. I think it ends very abruptly, and I think there's a lot that isn't explained. There's cool ideas, um, but it's just kind of like, well, why did that happen, and why did it happen now? And I mean, it just... There's some of that in here. I, I think the story needed more working in this movie. Um, I like the acting. I like the feel. Feels very fall. Um, I love the cinematography. I love the score. Um, but for me, it loses points just narratively. Like narratively, I feel like it wasn't all there. Um, I think he did that on purpose. Maybe you know, I really ambiguous. do. Yeah, Dude. I mean. I've watched a lot of Italian horror and there are a lot of movies that literally don't add up and you question what the hell you're seeing. Lucio's done that in movies, Argento to some extent too, and others. 
it almost feels like it's an Italian movie to me. I mean, there's stuff you you you're you're getting these stark, hard visuals, and it's not it's not a puzzle piece that's necessarily fitting in what you have before you. And I don't know; those are the kinds of movies that over time I either love or hate. I'm much closer to loving this film than hate. I don't have a bad feeling about it. It's just a movie I'm always trying to figure out, and that's the curse of Lords of Salem to me. I yeah. keep trying to figure it out, but visually, that little bastard, that little monster thing that you see mm-hmm. at the top of the altar in the end, that yeah. scared the hell out of me. The the priests with the dildos just jerking them, dude. I get it. I get it. He is commenting on the Catholic Church 100%. I don't care what nobody says. That's exactly what he's doing right there. Unequivocally, man. Um, I, I mean, to me, the, in the, by the end of the movie, she is basically embracing her role as becoming oh, this, this witch for Satan. You know, that's, yeah. that's what the end of the movie is to me. And, she, and she tries to fight it throughout the movie, but it's like maybe the movie's a metaphor for some, like some kind of, disease that somebody could have or some kind of addiction problem and you're you want to fight it but then it becomes too overbearing and you just give into it because sherry's character in the film i liked her a lot you know the the radio dj and stuff like that and you know the witches we got to talk about the witches d wallace again the witches Mm -hmm. that are in the, the apartment complex you know i uh i know this movie's very interesting to me i i need to revisit it again quite frankly it's been some time uh, but one of my favorite shots in the movie, and you saw this a lot in the promos for this movie where Sherry's doing this and she's got her hand up and she walks into that apartment built room that's always was always closed. Oh, yes. And that shot of that big Yeti. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see more of it. I was like, oh, what is that? What is that? What is that? And then you never see it again. Pissed me off because mm-hmm. it was dude. I was at the edge of my seat the first time watching that. And that's what that's dude. I appreciate the tease, I do. But Jesus, dude, I the visuals were so cool. I was begging for more, yeah. just begging for more. The ambiguity of this movie is its gift and its curse. I mean, yeah. it, overall, for me, this is a solid seven. I like it better than Halloween. Um, I think I do too. But. Um, you know, I need to revisit it too. It's probably been five years since I've seen this movie. Like Dude, seriously, we, I have to, I have to rewatch this tonight. Like just thinking about this movie, I have to rewatch it tonight, dude. It's, I mean, I love the black metal. Like, there's some of this. This movie, it's so dark. I mean, tonally, it's got to be as. I really think, in in a sense, and I'm not talking about subject matter because Halloween two subject matter is really intense, but. Dude, this movie is so it's, it's bleak. It's, it's matte black. Yes, you know what I mean? Yes. It's yeah. I mean, there's even no hope. Exactly. And and the town of Salem, it's always cloudy outside. I mean, the whole film just is dreadful. It's so dreadful. Uh but dude, I once I saw it, I mean, I was thinking about the film for days on end. Yep. Days on end. You know, I really need to I really need to revisit this film and and review it and just just to document where I'm at. But like I've seen the film probably seven or eight times, but it's the most I would say it's the most eclectic and the most unusual film he's done. And quite frankly, I would like to see him return to that a little bit in the future. I agree. You know, I agree. But what would you rate it? I'd go, I'd go seven as well. Yeah. I really would. I mean, very, very solid borders. Great. 
but it's not great. It borders great. But here's the thing. The more I'm talking about the film, I'm sure you've probably noticed this, the more I'm liking the film. Yeah. You're getting more animated about it. You're like, I know it's like, it's a real dude. It's, it's, it's truly a a unique film, but moving on because we can't stay on Lords the whole time. So after Lords, I was really wondering where the hell Rob was going to go because I mean, to go to say, you know, he went way hard left when he was going right from Halloween. You know, I was like, what's going to happen? And then I was hearing about the crowdfunding of 31. And I thought that was really interesting. Why is he crowdfunding? He's Rob Zombie. But I, I, I think partially it was, you know, what other studio would have taken a Rob Zombie film at that point? You know, because Lords was a really bizarre film and I can't see any of the other studios. I don't know. It was interesting, but he decided to crowdfund and I remember the rumblings for this film. There were some really cool perks. I think if you, if you, if you gave X amount, you would get like a voicemail sent to your phone once every two or three days. And it was an automated message of Rob telling you the, what they got done or something. I always wish I would have crowd. I would have gave, yeah. but I was, I wasn't at a position to give any money. I'm, I'm not now, quite frankly, but like I wasn't in a position to donate to the GoFundMe, but I'm sure you remember the rumblings of, and oh, the yeah. image of that clown, mm-hmm. that weird looking clown that's not in the movie at all. Nope. It kind of looked like Captain Spaulding a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the rumblings of 31? I, I remember that whole social media campaign for it. I remember being really excited because it was so like, ambiguous they didn't tell you anything they didn't show you anything you didn't know anything until the movie was done and um i remember the crowdfunding and everything and and i felt the same way it was i get it you know because this is rob's closest attempt at going back to the feel of house of a thousand corpses i think you're right i never thought about that before but i think you're right and and no one would have touched that with a 10-foot pole. And so he basically probably just looked at it like, you know what? My fans will pay for this movie. And they did. Um, and uh, I saw it opening night for its limited release. It was a Fathom event. And I took my brother. Fathom and, event, uh, yeah. Yeah, my brother and his buddy. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, this is the only film of Rob's that I'm not a big fan of. Um and, and, you know, I could go in depth and rant about it, but I'm not going to. I mean, look, this doomhead, Richard Brake, Richard Brake. steals the show. I mean, he is fantastic as doomhead. I dressed up as him for Halloween that year uh, as doomhead because I was just Send me so, a picture of that so I can put it on the podcast. I will. <laughs> um, I was so enthralled with, like, his character. Um, and... Um, I, and and the kills are cool. It's very fun. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. Um, I even actually think this was probably Jeff Daniel Phillips' best role in a Rob Zombie movie. I thought he actually did a really good job. He was given more than just a supporting role in this movie. Um, but for me, it was just... I don't know. I feel like some of the... I think this is Sherry Moon's worst performance. Um, you know, uh, God bless her heart, Meg Foster, but man... The the problem, I think, with this movie is 
I feel like Rob was having the, he wanted the audience to strictly rely on caring because we already knew who these people were from previous, his previous movies and stuff like that. But there's really no, there's a plot in a sense. A group of, a group of carnies are, are abducted and put into a game for, for a rich evil society to kill people for leisure. But there's no story, so to speak, because I was trying to get at. There's like a plot of what it is, but there's no story in a sense. So it's like the movie doesn't feel like it really moves forward or anything. It's it's truly just like, I don't know. It's almost like a video game in a sense. It's just yeah. like, if you, you know, turn off your brain for an hour and a half, you can have a fun time with this movie. You really, absolutely really can because um, it is fun. But narratively speaking, there isn't much there. Character development, there's none. Um, there's the the two clowns with the chainsaws and stuff. That whole thing was just super weird. And I'm like, why? Why? Um, it's it's easily to me his weakest movie. It's his weak, and I think he even knows that. Like, I really think he even knows that because this movie was just like. My fans paid for it. Let me just give them something freaking crazy. Like, let's just have fun with it. Yeah. And and I get it. Um, but I just, I haven't watched the movie in a couple of years, but I'll tell you guys, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's worth coming. a watch. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, it's getting ahead. a, if you haven't seen it, it's getting a still book from Target yes. this year. <laughs> yes. yes it is. I'm getting it. I don't care. I will too, because it looks so cool. <laughs> it does I, look really know, cool. If you guys are like, I'm not a zombie fan. I avoided this movie. It's worth it just for Doomhead alone because that opening like monologue that he gives to that guy tied up in the chair, you immediately are like, I want more of this guy. And you don't get him till like almost an hour into the movie and you're like, where the hell is Doomhead? Um, that, that's another problem with the movie, I think. Here's, here's what I think about 31. It's, it's got really nice tires. It's got really nice interior. But it, the, the car has no engine, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's just it it it, it you it's it feels like the movie is just sitting still is the problem because it's really like I said it's really not a story. I mean, you get barely introduced to this group and you just see that they're carnies, they're low life carnies. Mm-hmm. They 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 bang on the back of the bus, they pick up hookers, <laughs> and that's it. And they get abducted, and you try to figure out who they are throughout, but. I mean that's that's another problem. You're trying to make the audience care about carnies, and we don't, we don't, <laughs> you know. But I mean, superficially there are others. There are, I shouldn't say superficially. I should say peripherally. There are some cool things like John Five did some original score for the movie, yes. and he that's you know that's cool. I really like the, the the look of the van, the carny van with the mm-hmm. with the clown. It's just yeah, I, I just think it was a passion project that that Rob did, and you know, uh, it it. it there's just no meat on the bone. Yeah, know? it's like yeah, it's just it's missing it's missing some stuff and I don't know, I think but if I this think this is his worst movie. Like I think that's a sign of a really good director because like this movie's not boring and there are a few characters that are very memorable. If you can take that from a director's worst film, yeah. I think that's it, it it is entertaining. It's just when you when you get done watching it you you almost like you, you want to say well that was fun but was it a good movie yeah well i mean uh you know like it's it's just really kind of fun but like it's really you know it's hard to just say this is a great movie because I, I i yeah i mean i is i i don't think rob is perfect 
no, it's not a great movie, but it's it's simply it's junk food. It's absolute. I think I said this on your one of your streams. The movie isn't really far off from porn, but we all watch porn. So I mean, th- that's you know. You did say that. It's kind of how I feel about Thirty One, but I do I do watch it around Halloween time. Um, it's it's you know, it is what it is. It's Thirty One. <laughs> but all right, so we've we've made it to the end of the road with uh, Rob's film career. Uh, I'll just come out and say it. When I heard thirty one, I'm thirty nine. When I heard when I heard when I heard thirty one, when I heard thirty one was announced, I didn't lose any sleep. When I heard three from hell was announced, I gotta be honest, I was shocked. I mean, I was beyond shocked because I'll be honest, it still doesn't feel like a move Zombie would have made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because Devil's Rejects was you know for for his films so you know widely appreciated and um, seemed so final. So when Rob came out and was like, we're doing a sequel to it, I was like, okay, my first reaction is cool because I love the, the, Firefly, the Firefly family. But then I was like, but does it make sense? Like, and I'm kind of like, and at this stage in Rob's career, like this will probably be similar to 31. Is it going to almost tarnish the two movies before it? So there was anxiety for me, like for sure. But I mean, yeah. I don't know. Did, did you have anxiety about it? Like, did you have reservations about it? I'm. Pr- I probably said the same thing everybody else said. Didn't they die? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that was something, and I, I quickly told myself, "Well, I'm guessing they're not dead. They were just badly injured." Um. After that, I was excited because you know, zombie works in a four to five year gap with it seems like both stuff movies and uh records uh his previous album which came out in 2016 which i love the acid witch dispenser was i I love that record and i was ready for the next one everybody everybody i think it's one of his best records i really do i i love teenage uh, rock god christian and i have talked about this off the record guys um that's a really good record his newest one yeah I yeah. When we the other day, me and my wife were driving around. We were talking about Zombie, and I was. She loves that record. She goes, that record was good because Teenage Rock God and the hideous exhibitions of the uh, gore whore, whatever. That girl is a gore whore. Mm-hmm. Such catchy songs. But I was like, Sydney, let's listen to the new record and just try it again. And we liked about forty percent of it. But I still feel the same that like it's not it's not cohesive, and there's just random songs that have totally different vibes, and it doesn't feel. Different anyway, styles. yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the single a lot. Uh, the something wolf train, whatever. Uh, anyway, I I got really excited about this movie when you know after the initial you know questions of like what the hell, how was there another one? But um, basically, let's just get into when the film. Uh, we could talk about how how we were excited or not excited, but yeah. Um, I walked out of Three from Hell on the fair, positive side. I knew it wasn't going to even come close to the mountain of Devil's Rejects or House of a Thousand. But I I came out of it saying at least it was uh, its own thing in a sense. And I liked the added character of Richard Brake as the Midnight Wolfman. And I liked that he didn't try to be the 
funny guy and he had his own personality because if he would have tried to have been funny i would have felt like he was trying to replace spaulding in the family mm-hmm. i mean of course it's shoehorned in that he's a brother where the hell has he been you know <laughs> but yeah. luckily i like richard Brake, and you know i thought he i thought he was welcomed uh one complaint that a lot of people had with this film is they thought that otis was way too reserved in three from hell like they didn't think he was wild and crazy enough. He he was, but I feel like that is because so many people thought he was a little over the top in Devil's Rejects. So I feel like it was like a trade off, like where it was like, okay, yeah, Otis is fucking crazy, but maybe we should tone that back a little bit to make him more palatable to a casual audience. I mean, to me or you, it wouldn't have bothered us, but to your casual moviegoer, it might have. So I think that was a conscious decision to say, hey, let's make Richard break the crazier one and have Otis kind of take a step back from that. Actually, baby, if we're Sherry, honest, Sherry, yeah, this, movie. this is Sherry's movie. Yeah. This is Sherry. And I, I like her in this movie. Uh, there's one scene I'm not a big fan of. Uh, really, I, I, the only thing I don't like, I say I don't like it. I'm, I'm down with the, because obviously baby has lost her mind in this film like oh, like yeah. she's really lost her mind yeah. so when she's laying on the floor and she has the visions of the the snow bunny person dancing mm-hmm. i'm down with that because she's visualizing a fantasy but when she is in the the bowels of the prison and you have the two people go to attack her and you don't see any of it i, I was just i'm sorry i i just i was just like oh man i i wish you could have shown me a struggle like because to me, Baby would have struggled fighting. I mean, she's because she's not the fighter. She's the mind. She, yes. Go back to Devil's Reject. She goes, there's no bullets in this thing. It's all mind power, bitch. Mm-hmm. So why couldn't she have done that? That's the only thing I did not like. That's one part of the movie I can genuinely say I, I did not like was that one small part. Yeah, no, and I, and I can agree with that. I can also agree that it seems at times when she is this, you know, kind of like loopy, zany person that – Sometimes it seems a little overdone. Um, sometimes it's a little – it gets a little long in the tooth. Um, and she but, comes in and out of it almost. Yes, yes. Like when, start, when shit starts hitting the fan, she's she's ready to go. She's ready to shoot the boat, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, – which which I guess she, maybe she's bipolar, <laughs> you know? But <laughs> yeah. I, overall though, I, I thought this was her movie. It was. And that's, I was going to say that earlier, but I wanted to wait till we got to this. House of Thousand Corpses is Sid Haig's movie. Devil's Rejects is is uh, um, Bill, Bill Mosley's movie, and then this was Sherry's movie. So yeah. the three from Hell each Get have a three. movie in this series that is their movie. I liked her in this movie, though. I thought her acting was like I. I this is one of her better performances. Really I agree. Is. I think that she is super believable as a completely batshit cat lady, basically. Like yeah. Yeah, uh, I, my my favorite parts of the movie and Jeff Daniel Phillips is my, I love him as the uh, what do you call it the prison guard he's the uh, the, the warden. warden yep he's uh, he's a he's a, he's a coke snorting warden mm-hmm. uh, you know but I love this scene obviously the, I think the best scenes in the film I really think that the here's the interesting thing my brother brought this up and I think about this he goes you know Christian I like Three from Hell but think about if the movie would have been Otis and and uh, uh, Wolfman trying to break her out of prison 
instead yes. of her getting out right in the beginning. What if the movie would have been that? And I was like, well, you can tell budget-wise that they couldn't have afforded that because obviously the last third act is in one destination. Mm-hmm. So that's one location that they used wherein you, you see what Rob does in movies when he gets money. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 has multiple locations and he will travel far and wide to find what he wants till he mm-hmm. freaking gets it because he's a stickler for that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, that's honestly my biggest complaint about this movie is the finale, the whole Mexico thing. I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm just, I'm really not. Like, I liked, I think I, I, I liked or loved pretty much everything up to that point. But the Mexico finale, I was like, this is kind of weird. This has almost become like an action movie. Like, I, it, I, it did. It did. I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. It's just, again, man, I think the movie's okay. I think it's entertaining. I think, uh, I think, uh, there's some cool moments in that. Um, I like the tie in with Danny Trejo. Um, you know, where he dies when, when Otis is breaking out of prison in the beginning yeah. of the movie. And yeah. so that's his, was that his nephew, I think, who was running that, that, uh, that cartel D, I'm yeah. assuming it's cartel, yeah. you know, uh, because I remember he has the picture of him on the wall when he finds out that where the three are and he gets the phone call from the, that little scumbag, uh, you know, motel guy, like, hey man, I got him here. Yeah. So I like the tie in of that. I thought that was cool. Um, I just think this movie is entertaining enough, man. Like, like I think it's, it, I think it doesn't insult the previous movies. It's certainly unnecessary because I, mm-hmm. Devil's Rejects had the best ending ever, but I certainly don't want any more. I think, I no, think it needs to be no, done. It needs to be done. And honestly, part of me, and I don't know how you feel about this, but part of me like wondered, should they have maybe called it quits when Sid Haig died? Should they have maybe been like, maybe we don't make this movie? Because well, I think once it's set in motion, well, I mean, he died right before the film was released the- theatrically. I think, yeah, right? But but they knew like he was only in one scene because like like for insurance purposes because he was so sick they couldn't afford any right. Other. So, and he was good. We got to talk about him for a second, dude. I still liked him in the movie. So did I. So did I. But he lo- he looked horrible, man. I mean, every I was time old. I watched the movie, I'm like, oh my god, like he had colon cancer. Um, and, uh, you know, he was, he was on his, he was in pain. Yeah. He was in pain. Apparently he pushed Rob to be in the movie more. And Rob was like, for insurance reasons, we can't like, he wanted to be in this movie. Like he was in the first two. And for that reason alone, I'm glad the movie exists. I mean, I really do. There's another movie. I almost picked this up when I was at the video store called, I think it's called Hanukkah, Hanukkah killer or something. It's one of the last movies he did too. But, um, this I've never is, seen it. yeah, I haven't seen it. I should, I should have grabbed it. I don't know why I didn't. It's probably still there. It's actually a, a video rental store that that has like a buy section, and that movie was there. But for that reason alone, too, I'm glad the movie exists. Um, I'll rank this one clearly above 31 still because I I do like the movie. I love the the scene where they're at the warden's house too. And was it uh was I forget the name of the clown that Clint Howard plays? Uh, Baggy Britches, the clown yeah, or something? Baggy Britches. Maggie Bridges, dude, that whole sequence is amazing. I mean, t- the tension it's, is there. Yes, you know, like, it, uh, yeah, I, I love, I love that scene too. And, um, I mean, if you're talking ranking, yeah, I'm gonna give it a five point five. Um, it's better than thirty one. It's a tad lower than Halloween. 
I'm going to give it a 5.5. I'll agree. I'll agree with that. I'll probably put Halloween above this one too. Uh, but one thing I do love big time, I'm so glad I have them too. Uh, FYE released uh, variants of the scores for these. The third is the three from hell. They, they put out three from hell, House of a Thousand, and Devil's Rejects scores, and it's Waxwork Records. The soundtrack for uh, Three from Hell is fantastic. And what I love about this, and I'm sure Rob made sure this was done, uh, in the movie, you hear the Iron Butterfly, and I got it, Avita. Yep. On the record, they put the entire like eleven minute version on side two of one of the vinyls. So like <laughs> one side is the entire long version with the drum solo and everything. So I love that. But um, I don't know, man. I'm glad this exists. I I, uh, I do think we need to certainly stop right then and there. No more uh, with the Firefly family. You know, um, if you do, it better be a Good story. And can we just talk about really quick? I'm very, very, very excited for Rob Zombie's The Monsters. Oh, right, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna we can go right now. Okay. Um, I I'm I'm very excited for it for a few reasons. For people that are trepidatious about it, understand he's not gonna get this money from Universal to make this movie if he's gonna make it a a, a Rob Zombie's Halloween. Okay, this I, I think that's really silly of people to assume. To I be know. honest with you, it's the, it's the monsters. Like he is on a leash, and but understand that Rob is a huge fan of the monsters. He has props. Like he loves the monsters. Massive and fan. You can say whatever you want about Rob, but like stylistically, visually, this dude can he can in his brain set pieces. You know, choreography, um, costumes, makeup. He's all about it. So, like, mm -hmm. and this movie is all about that. So I'm very excited for that. But I'm also very excited for it because it's going to do really well because it's the monsters. And it's going to open people's eyes to Rob Zombie as a filmmaker. And when it does well, you know what else it's going to do? It's going to give studios confidence in Rob Zombie again. And he's going to be able to make a movie on a $15 million budget instead of a $2 million budget mm -hmm. in his next movie. And I'm excited I'm, for I'm, that. Dude, I am over the moon excited. I, uh, I'm i so pumped to see his monsters. I love the monsters. Uh, I, I used to watch it all the time growing up. My, my uncle was a massive fan, or is. He's still alive. My uncle is a massive fan. You ever notice that like when people are like, you grow up when people like something, you kind of naturally say, oh, they were a big fan. Well, yeah. they probably still are, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really excited. I love uh, I love the monsters go home. Uh, there's some great little movies that they had in the '60s. I have a Scream Factory of one of them. I think it's the Monsters Come Home or Go Home. I forget the name, but it's great. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm so glad to see another Rob Zombie film. I'm glad that we're we're going back to me. This is almost like Lord of Salem in in the in the sense of, oh boy, this is going to be different. This is going to be really different. I, I and I'm not saying that you know people that aren't Rob Zombie fans are gonna like the film, but I just think it's silly to assume that there's gonna be you, Herman Munster is not gonna say I'm gonna skull f the you know no <laughs> that's just not gonna first of no. all I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the film is gonna be PG-13. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would assume that's gonna be the rating. I would also tell people it definitely won't be any higher than that. They're not going to let him make anything above PG-13. Like, it's... No. I wouldn't think so for the monsters. But you know what, dude? Who the hell knows? Is this Universal that's funding it? Yep. Or... Yep. Okay. 
maybe it'll maybe it'll uh, debut on Peacock. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully COVID will be gone by then. I don't know, man. Oh yeah, I would say by then. But there, there's a rumor that Brad Miska from Bloody Disgusting, and he is dead set on it. And I just want to let everybody know this really quick. He thinks the movie's already finished. He thinks it's it's already filmed. It's done. He thinks every update you're getting on social media from Rob is pictures and videos from when they were filming. And I messaged him about it. And we were talking about it. And he was like, look, Rob's on tour right now. Rob has dates lined up for weeks and months. There's no way he's in Bulgaria right now filming. And I'm like, I thought about that. I, you know, I, I, cause I've, I follow Rob on social too. And yeah. yeah. So I'm like, that is an interesting point. Like, that's kind of crazy. And he's like, I think the reason they're doing this is because they wanted to gauge public interest. They announced he was making one after it was already made. And they wanted to see how the public would feel about it. Um, And he thinks they're trying to gauge public interest. And Rob is like posting these pictures and these videos, you know, every few days, once a week. As like, oh, here we're doing this, here we're doing that. How are you in Bulgaria when you just played a show in, I don't know, let's just say Montana last night. You know what I mean? So like, I I don't know if I agree. I believe it. I really don't because it's Rob Zombie. I'm sure he could he can take a private jet and go wherever he needs to go. You never, dude, show. that kind of, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to dismiss that. Like that kind of no, makes yeah. sense to me. I mean, yeah, it would make sense too. You know, it's a popular property. It's a big studio, Universal. Maybe they are trying to gauge public interest. I don't know. Well, this has been fun, man. I want to end with this really quick. What is a movie that you think Rob could have remade that would have had much better public reception? So the first one that comes to mind for me is one that was already remade and did get a lot of really good reception, and that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Yeah. I think Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead, The Hills Have Eyes, three remakes. That was my that was mine was going to be The Hills Have Eyes. Yes. All three of those movies were were well received. So Or dude, a Last House on the Left remake from yes. Rob would have been really cool. Yes. So anything like that. He's very good with the nitty-gritty. And those with bad human movies, beings. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Those types of movies are right in his wheelhouse. So I don't know. That's what I would say. But if it's a property that hasn't been remade yet, just off the top of my head, like I think personally, and people might disagree with me right here, but you know what? Guess what? That's totally fine. I think Rob, and I'm not advocating for this movie to be remade. I think Rob could do really well if he channeled Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, Rob Zombie, a remake of The Shining. I really think that the character of Jack Torrance and the mental deterioration and then into full-blown psychopath that you get from Jack Torrance, like he kind of did with Laurie and Rob Zombie's Halloween too. I think <clears throat> it's something he could do. I'd watch it. You know what I think would have been cool for him to do a movie like this? Not necessarily remake it because these movies are new, but like a haunted attraction type movie like Hellfest or Haunt would have yeah, been really yeah. cool from Rob. Yep. I'm just excited that a big studio is putting money behind Rob Zombie again because it just makes me excited for the next half of his career because it's the Munsters. It's going to be a box office hit, period. I think it, I'm just excited, man. I know. I, I can't wait for the gothic look and feel because he's going to freaking nail that, dude. He's going to oh, nail it. 
It's going to be cool. It's going to be yeah. cool. And then studios are going to go, Rob, Rob, make a movie for us. Make a movie. And then I'll be like, hell yeah, Rob Zombie. But yeah. I don't want him to go too mainstream. Don't lose yourself, Rob. Like, you have a fan base that loves you. We don't want you to go too mainstream. But Yeah. This may be a very certain set of circumstances, too. I think Universal is putting a lot of trust in him. And they're not I – don't, I don't see them breathing down his neck with this. No. You know, I think Universal's in a really good spot right now, especially with Peacock and everything. Uh, Peacock is probably making a killing right now. I mean, it's one of the biggest growing streaming platforms, dude, because WWE Network was purchased by Peacock, so they inherited. I say inherited. You had to actually stop. You, you had to actually go and sign up for Peacock, but it was cheaper than WWE Network. So I think at least 80% of that million-plus fan base signed up for Peacock. Then they had The Office, which was big. Yeah, I, I saw think you guys I think, talking about it on Region Free earlier because I watched the whole episode. I listened to it, and um, I was surprised to hear Christian is now, hey, whatever, Halloween Kills on Peacock, I don't care. I am still very – I appreciate it, and I appreciate it for everyone that can't go to the theater. That is awesome. I'm not mad. I'm just bummed because they, they, they marketed it as a – as a theater experience, I'm just bummed. I think. Well, yeah. That, I mean, now why did we wait a whole freaking year? I mean, exactly. obviously, I know why we waited a year because of Pe- now Pe- it's a different set of circumstances mm-hmm. in Peacocks. And look, yeah, I, I like. I I still feel the same way about movie theaters, but at the same time, I am glad that you know people can watch the film and yeah. the movie's not got the movie. I I think by just default with these circumstances now, it's not a failure because it. I mean, the with the Peacock thing it's just first of all they already they already make are making another one but i don't know I, i'm trying to look at it positively with with this peacock deal yeah. really and you know i don't know i'm just uh you know we'll see we'll see I am what too, happens and i just i just want to say to everybody that that watched um if you're not a rob zombie fan that's cool if you're a middle of the road rob zombie fan give some of these movies another shot if you love rob zombie I hope you enjoyed this discussion. Yeah. Um, if you, and then regarding what we were just talking about, if you are somebody that is like, you know, high risk or, or just worries about going to the theater, absolutely stream Halloween kills on Peacock opening weekend. Yeah. Make sure to show your support. Um, and for the monsters, if you're not a Rob zombie fan, but you're a monsters fan, go see this movie. I mean, go see this movie. How about this? Do this movie justice. How about this, Nick? If you're not a Rob Zombie fan, you certainly need to go see this movie because Mm -hmm. we're we're in uncharted territory with Rob. And if you are a Rob Zombie fan, go see this movie because we're in uncharted territory with Rob. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that hits the nail on the head. Yeah. I mean, mean, guys, he's he's gonna. When I tell you this man loves the monsters. He loves the monsters. Oh yeah! So he's gonna do this justice. So I can't wait. I, I, I'm more excited about this than anything right now coming out. Movies dude, coming I, out. I want to see more. You know what I mean? Like I want to oh, see me more too. of these sets and everything because oh my god, they built the entire Mockingbird Lane. They built the entire thing. I know. I saw the blueprints and stuff. It, it's it's so cool. I'm like, but uh, yeah, yeah. But, this has been really fun, guys. I really appreciate you listening. If you've made it all the way through. Always drop a comment below and tell us what you would like us to discuss on the Unita Hara podcast. And uh, we love you. And um, I guess we'll see you the next time we see you. We'll see you. Bye. All right. I'm- this has been a production of the Unita Horror Podcast. You need it. We got it. Thank you for listening.